like to wish a happy Father's Day to all the, uh, the dads that are here this morning and, and a bit of thanks as well. Uh, very important, uh, you as fathers are showing your children the importance of, uh, of our faith and, and raising them in that. So thank you for that and hopefully have a very wonderful day as they, as they serve you, right? We hope. We hear in our gospel this morning, we hear these words. But the one to whom little is forgiven loves little. Now, Occasionally when I'm talking to somebody about religious things or churchy sorts of things, the conversation progresses in such a way that I soon find myself trying to convince the other person of something that we believe in faith. And I love doing this. I get invited to people's homes for dinner or parties or whatnot. You know, even friends sitting around talking and inevitably, because I'm a priest, I guess, we get around to, you know, asking questions and Again, I find it rather enjoyable. You know, sometimes it's about uh, God the Father and uh, uh, our belief on his infinite love or, and power or knowledge. At other times, I wind up trying to help people understand who Jesus is as both God and man. And, uh, of course, then there's always lots of confusion around the Holy Spirit. And once in a while, I even find myself uh, teaching a little bit about this, uh, this thing that we call church. You know, this community of believers. Uh, for us, and, and the reason it is so important to always gather here is because you know, church is a lifeline for the faithful. It is an ark in which we safely navigate the challenging waters of life. So it's all good stuff, uh, and as I said, uh, good opportunities for, for some uh, uh, exciting back-and-forth conversation. However, and this may come as a surprise to you, you know, sometimes when, when I'm having a discussion about faith with someone, I find myself doing my best to assure the other person of something about themselves. This isn't all the time. Some, most of the time people just have simple questions, but sometimes the questions are coming out of uh, a deeper place. And uh, people are really asking questions to try to figure out, well, who they are. Because you see, our faith is not just about who God is. It's also about who we, who we are. I remember my first several weeks in seminary and, uh, you know, the big questions were thrown out there at us. The questions that we would then contemplate on for the rest of our time in seminary and, quite frankly, for the rest of my life. You know, who is God and who am I? So it's about us as well. And one of the things that our faith teaches us regarding ourselves and what I have difficulty sometimes convincing others is that we have, each and every one of us, has this incredible capacity 
to love. This incredible capacity. Our ability to love not simply once in a while or in small quantities, but we have the ability to love each and every person in every moment of our contact with them. So how then do we move from being able to love to actually loving? And I remind you again of those words I began with. But the one to whom little is forgiven loves little. Our gospel story sheds a little bit of light on this. I don't think I need to repeat it. You've all heard it before. You know, Jesus surprises the Pharisees by telling the woman two, two remarkable things. He says to her, your sins are forgiven and your faith has saved you. Go in peace. You see, the woman had something that the Pharisees seemed to lack. She had a very profound understanding of her need for God and her need to be forgiven, her need to be made whole. And the Pharisee, being someone who probably followed the letter of the law, most likely felt as if he didn't need to change anything, as if he was doing everything right in his life. You know, everybody else needs God's mercy and forgiveness. Why, why do I need that? I'm doing everything as God asked me to do by the law. Not him. He didn't have this wonderful sense of what he needed. And so Jesus tells him something very interesting. He says to him, but the one to whom little is forgiven loves little. And that, of course, can be taken two ways. You know, one, it, it can mean that if we don't love very much, then we won't be forgiven very much. And that may or may not be true. You know, we, we have to be careful how we talk about that. Being careful not to fall into the trap of thinking that, that we have to act a certain way before God will love us. You know, at some level, each and every one of us sins. You know, we, we all fail to love in one way or another, and, and yet still God died so that we might be reconciled with him again and again and again and again and again and again and again. You know, God loves us first, no matter what we do do or what we don't do. And nothing can change that. However, I'd like to focus on another way that that statement can be taken. Again, listen to it. 
But the one to whom little is forgiven loves little. You know, maybe Jesus is saying that our very ability to love others is shaped and influenced by whether or not we first recognize our own need to be forgiven. That we are in desperate need of God's mercy. And that we need to be reconciled with God as much as the next guy. In other words, it's, it's nearly impossible for me to love others in the profound sense that, that Jesus is calling me to unless I first understand and believe that God has first loved me, that God died for me, and that he forgives me over and over and over again. Without a deep gratitude for all that God has done for me, I will never really be able to love in the way that God has asked me to love. And so maybe, maybe that's a good place for us to start today. As we seek to be more faithful by being a lot better at loving. Loving more people, more often, in more situations and more unconditionally. You know, how badly do we believe we need God? How badly do we need His mercy and forgiveness? You know, how convinced are we that we need to change, not for ourselves, not for God, but for all of those who are around us? How badly are we convinced we need to do that? How deeply do we understand that the world will be a better place if we are better people? You, me, you know, more selfless, more generous, and more forgiving? You know, that's how I can begin to love others in the radical way that Jesus calls me to. Not by feeling self-righteous or entitled or better than anyone else, but by recognizing that I'm in desperate need of God's mercy and forgiveness. And in faith, I don't believe that I simply need those things, I believe that God has provided them and continues, continues to provide them for me every time I fail, which is often. And, and may that type of, of humility fill each of our hearts as it did the woman in this story today. And then like her, may we hear that beautiful voice of the Lord deep within our own hearts, assuring us, your faith has saved you. Go in peace.